Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 637. Science Faction, dating troubles, and the good part of leprosy. That's right. In order to reach out to more fans, we are cutting half of the science portion of this show and going to be doing a relationship podcast for the, for the other half where we just uh, answer Yelp questions or uh, questions on Yahoo questions. Let's do like a, a advice, a dating advice segment that just gives really bad dating advice that always just ends with advising somebody to stalk the person that they are, are trying to woo. Like, just stalk them. Dear Science Faction... My boyfriend really wants me to go to his family's Thanksgiving dinner this year, but I haven't seen my family in a couple years, and I was really looking forward to introducing him to my family. What should I do? Sincerely yours, totally real Sherry. Hey, Sherry, ever think about stalking? Oh, <laughs> uh, his family? I don't... <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I wrote in a letter, my ability to respond to your questions is limited. And speaking of the person who should be stalked from this show, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me, as always, is my almost unstalkable co-host, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon? Are, is this, are, are you putting out a challenge to the general stalking world, but like on my behalf, and I guess kind of on yours as well? No. Is this, is this the attention you think this podcast needs, Bobby? I Listen, first of all, much like the other week when we just decided that we would go take a Patreon out for drinks that we'd never met and uh, our wives were questioning whether or not it was a safe thing to do. It'll be fine. You know, I'm I'm not worried about the stalker thing, but like I am worried about the reaction my wife's going to have during a lot of this. And, and in no way is taking out a fan who took the time to see us stalkerish at all. No, but what I mean, what, but what I'm saying is, is the wariness of stalkers is low. Like I... I honestly think I have an insanely low stalker stalker wariness. Uh, like if if I were to find out I had a stalker, and assuming he wasn't going after my family or something, he was obsessed with me. If I found out I had a stalker tomorrow, like my biggest concern would be whether or not his excessive street parking was bothering the neighbors. Like I'm sorry, he's parking in front of your house. He's just another stalker. I know. I know you don't like it when people block the garbage cans. Like I just sorry. You know, um, I mean, and, and I'm I'm going to admit I'm biased, you know, uh, you know, if I see some, you know, uh, middle aged male stalker versus uh, some uh, breasty, some busty uh, milfy lady stalker, you know, I'm I'm call me crazy I, and, I, and I'm imperfect. I'm not a perfect man, but I would tell the busty lady to leave because I'm married. That's right. To leave and meet you in the bathroom when your wife's not looking. Yeah. Sorry, my wife was in the room for a second. I had to... Yeah. <laughs> I had to, you know, lie. All right. Uh, and if you want to be a Patreon who gets taken out for drinks when you come into town to San Diego, go ahead and check out our Patreon. You can search Robert Timothy on Patreon where you get an extra episode of Science Faction every single week and apparently some drinks at the local BJ's in Mission Valley. 
<laughs> By the way, that was, you know, we went to the BJ's in Mission Valley and, and our fan we talked about last episode, uh, lovely guy, but because he's from New Zealand, like when we pulled up to the BJ's in Mission, again, a chain restaurant, he thought we were going to like a kind of a fancy nightclub and was underdressed. I'm like, man, you know, like New Zealand, I look up to a lot of ways, but uh, I guess they don't have all the excess that yeah. we have, you know, <laughs> not every place looks like uh, like uh, a god would live there if a fucking person from Greece we're well, to teleport just, to our land. The things are named differently there. They have chain restaurants there. They're just named HJs. <laughs> BJs denotes a higher quality of establishment. <laughs> yeah, you guys go to BJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must have a strong union. All right, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is science articles. That is a joke he would make. He had a fantastic sense of humor. <laughs> true, true. And a much better New Zealand accent than you. Yeah, he, he keeps saying I'm Australian. And so when I hear a New Zealand person say that, I'm wondering, what's he get out of lying to me about that? What is he, what, what, how does he get all, how does this suit him to lie about my perfect New Zealand accent? And then I asked the New Zealand guy about it, and that guy informed me that he was from South Africa. <laughs> Elon, he was on our podcast a while back. We're very sorry. We've had to, we've had to backtrack at some of our praise. Oh dear. Okay, let's move on to article number one: dating trouble in New Mexico. <laughs> Everybody just wants to throw a pizza on the Breaking Bad house on the first date. Yes, and now they can't do that. Like it's they have security. Yes, you know they did. I, I, I actually I had a like archaeology conference in Albuquerque, and I was like, "Oh, sweet! I'm gonna go see the the fucking Breaking Bad house." And there's a big tall fence up around it, a thousand signs and cameras, and I was like, "Oh, okay, white trash people ruin this for us all." <laughs> I was just gonna crash a Pontiac Aztec in front of it. That's all I was gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> While shaving my head and committing half a dozen murders. Oh, dear. So, indeed, we have talked before about the most exciting archaeology site of last year, one of the most exciting archaeology sites of the New World, and one of the most interesting science articles overall of 2021, which was the discovery of human footprints in New Mexico that seemed to date to between 21 and 23,000 years ago, which would extend the oldest known archaeology site in the Americas by about like 6,000 years around there. We, we have something that's that's solidly dated at Buttermilk Creek and Galt at 16.8. There's some stuff that hints that it might be, there's might be some stuff close to 18 there, but we're not 100%. 16.8 is the last solid date we have. And then this White Sands came out, which again was a series of footprints. Remember, not only was it human footprints, that of a young woman and a toddler, and actually there was a, a series of footprints around there. We actually saw the intersection of like human footprints and giant ground sloth footprints. And there was some direwolf footprints in there and some, some mammoth footprints. And these things are all walking around the landscape at the same time. Uh, just so our fans know, our international fans know, the entire southwest region of the United States is almost an unlivable hellhole. From West Texas, uh, with some pockets of beauty in between, but but all the way to, to the coast. My question to you is, Bobby, is that during this time in New Mexico, yeah. um, 
was it uh, more livable? Was it was it more hospitable? Much more. There was a giant lake out there that they're walking along the surface of. That's why they're like right around this lake and their feet are sinking in into the mud. So they are running around a giant lake. There's a ton of giant megafauna up there. It is a very, very different environment 20 some odd thousand years ago. I'm sure people uh, watched Breaking Bad and were constantly marveled at how beautiful <laughs> the state of New Mexico looks in its depiction. New Mexico is quite beautiful. It's gorgeous. And, and I mean, one of the nice... You get off to deserts. One of the nice things about places like New Mexico as opposed to Arizona. Now, this is true of Arizona too, but most of Arizona. Most of Arizona is fairly like flat and low-lying, and that's why it's so specifically hot. Mexico has a lot of mountains and mountain ranges and highland plateaus. So even though it's the desert in terms of rainfall, it's not the temperatures that we're used to here in terms of desert temperatures. My, if, like if I'm going to use um, all the terrain types as uh, as models, uh-huh. let's say, and, androgynous models, I would say that uh, the desert is like something that's like a, like it's a beautiful, but like in a model way that you have to stare at it for a while, just has very striking features. Sure. Whereas like the Pacific Northwest with its green beauty is just like a hot porn star. You know, you just no thinking, there's no, you just like, wow, this is really, <laughs> this is hot. I love this. Look at those hips. That's great. Much like the hot porn star thing, you know, when you know, when you get an archaeology site in California, you're getting an STD. Right, it's not like with those <laughs> those STD. It's not like those archaeology sites in New Mexico. You got to work for, and they don't look as shiny. You know, they're not the porn star of it. Listen, I sex work is real work, and I'm willing to bet they're cleaner than most of the dirt balls I sleep with on the weekends. <laughs> for free, I'd like to add. Uh dear. So very, very interesting. Again, oldest site in the Americas. This is the oldest site in two continents. A very big piece of a story that I find incredibly interesting, which is the occupation of the Americas. Really, really, really big fucking deal. However, a paper came out this week that questions the exact dating of it. Nobody's questioned these are footprints. Nobody questions that these footprints intersect with giant ground sloth and direwolf and stuff. Nobody's saying, hey, these aren't, you know, at least 10, 15, something a thousand years old. What these people are saying is it's not actually 21 to 23. And the reason is because they got those dates by carbon dating some seeds that were found within the footprints and coming to those 21 to 23,000 year old dates. The new paper points out that the plant which the seeds come from that was used to do the carbon dating is an aquatic plant. Rupia sorosa. And that was what was used to gauge the age of those footprints using carbon-14 decays. However, as we have talked about a bunch on this show, carbon-14 only works when you're talking about creatures that are ingesting atmospheric carbon, land plants, land animals, et cetera, et cetera. Once you are talking about something aquatic, it's a different story because aquatic sources of carbon that are going around in the ocean and other places are already old. There's already old carbon in there. So when the body uptakes it, being plant or animal, and then dies, it seems to be older than it is because it already has uptaken dead carbon when it, or it already uptook old carbon when it processed itself as it was building itself. So we've known about this problem for a long time. We have to adjust for it in marine environments. So a bunch of different ways to do that. Now, the authors obviously knew this of the original study, and they did claim to adjust for it. And what these authors are saying is you did not adjust 
just enough. You underestimated the amount you need to compensate for the fact that this was an aquatic plant and the carbon that built this plant when it was living was old carbon based on the fact that it was an aquatic plant. You know, it's old carbon because it uh, makes inappropriate jokes at carbon gatherings. You know, it's more likely to want to make the periodic table great again. You know, there's... Also, it's a diamond. (laughs) They're... Ah! (laughs) They're under a lot of pressure from the war. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I I feel dirty. Like, keep in mind, this is incredibly interesting to me for a few reasons. Number one, Occupation of the Americas is my jam. That's one of the most interesting things in the world to me. I read every single thing that comes across my desk about it. Uh, number two, I'm a North American archaeologist. This dirt so. flavored jam that he puts on toast. <laughs> this is my jam. This is it. <laughs> I walk the walk. Taste the carbon. But also, I made my own academic path. My, my thesis was on debunking a fake archaeology site in the Southwest that claimed to be the oldest occupation site in the Americas. And that was the Surudi Mastodon site, which is absolutely a paleontological site, but not an archaeological one. So, like, all of this is very, very interesting to me. And I got to say... I was convinced by the paper that came out last year, last September. I was convinced by, in fact, I, I still think it's the biggest paper to come out, biggest science paper to come out in 2021, maybe one of the biggest ones in a few years. If it gets upheld, I think it will be one of the most exciting archaeology sites ever discovered for, for multiple reasons. But these authors do bring up some valid points when they start looking at the comparison of how much you should downregulate and stuff. All of the stuff they bring up is fairly legitimate. And this is another case where Right now, where the experts are, and I consider myself like a semi-expert, I'm not at the level of the people who are writing these papers uh, in terms of this specific area or this specific site, but I am an expert in North American archaeology and the occupation timeline and everything that goes along with that. And in seeing that, this is... This is like a legit science debate. Like, this will need to be solved. And by the way, it's not like this is a mystery. This isn't a whodunit murder. This is more of a, we got the DNA and we're going to need to process it type murder because there are other ways to date those footprints. We've talked on this show before uh, about optical luminescence, which can gauge when the last time certain quartz crystals were exposed to light. Thermoluminescence can do the same thing with heat. That's not really a heat source, so it probably wouldn't work so well. We have other radioactive decay elements we can start looking looking at readings uh, like fossil stratigraphy. There's a bunch of other ways to do this. And we will like this, this paper that just came out may actually stimulate further research that either does confirm or, or deny what was found to be 21 to 23,000 years old. If it confirms it, great. Guess what just happened? Science worked. Somebody published something. Somebody else said something's wrong with your data. They went back, looked at it, went, nope, not so much. It's good. And if the we reinvestigate it and find out they were wrong, and this is a 13,500-year-old site, which is still very interesting, but nowhere near the oldest site in the Americas and nowhere near as important stuff, that's science doing the right thing too. That is science. To, somebody published something. Somebody else said, I think you might've done some bad math here. They look back and figure out they did do bad math and they published the retraction and they published an acknowledgement that it's wrong. Either way, we are seeing science working in progress. And it just so happens to be on one of the most interesting science articles published in the last 10 years. I think science, uh, I, I really want to pitch this to you. This is your community. It's not mine. All right. But I think science should have its own kind of urban dictionary terms. And I thought of one right now while you were talking. Okay. Um, I'd like for something to refer to. I I could either see it referring to like somebody who puts doctor in front of their name, even though it's unearned. Like Like chiropractors? Yeah. Or a really shitty thesis. And the term is 
you refer to it as a feces. Okay, I like that. It's it just just like it's a casual like like oh uh, Andrew Wakefield's feces uh, really caused a lot of chaos. But then how do you pluralize it? Because as far as I can say, I'd say I've I've read a lot of bad feces in my time, and people are going to be very confused. Feci, feci, <laughs> like Jedi. Oh, dear. Very, very, very interesting stuff. You better believe I will keep you updated onto this. The next time something gets published, it will undoubtedly be of another dating type or a refutation of this refutation or whatever. I will keep you guys updated because it's incredibly interesting. And again, right now, as far as it stands, this is the oldest known archaeological site on two continents. This site is basically the oldest thing we have of a group of a few hundred people who occupied two whole continents and became all the natives of North and South America and genetically isolated for 20 some odd thousand years. One of the most interesting stories of all humankind right now, this is the oldest site that we have, but we might be wrong. Maybe it's not that old and those dates need to be knocked back down. And by the way, it could still get knocked down, knocked back down by like 4,000 years and still be the oldest site. So, you know, well, let's see what happens. Do you think there's some uh, experienced veteran scatology professor who just heard my joke about feesology and is like, that's my thing. I've been saying that for years in my program. Your feces. You took a feces. <laughs> this is bullshit. This is a feces. This is pure feces. You fecally appropriated that. <laughs> that's our term. Oh, dear. Article number two. How leprosy might cure your cirrhosis. In that, once your skin sloughs off, yes. it will no longer be a problem in that. I, I probably shouldn't have used cirrhosis because I just realized now there's like a skin, there's like skin cirrhosis. I was referring to like liver cirrhosis from being an alcoholic. Oh, well, I mean, like you're saying like, like, uh, uh, it's like one of those things where people take a hookworm. Uh, to 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 yeah. fight their autoimmune oh, disease. Hey. So you've already jumped on to a question I have later, which and you can start thinking about this, which is the the things that should be bad that end up being good for us. Uh, so we'll get a, a discussion about that later. But let, let's talk about this. So this is a really interesting pornography. <laughs> yes, it's every. So this discovery, how leprosy might cure your cirrhosis, is a really interesting discovery that seems like an incoherent Mad Lib. But it turns out leprosy has been found to regenerate livers. So check this out. Here's a quote from the article. Scientists have discovered that parasites associated with leprosy can reprogram cells to increase the size of a liver in adult animals without causing damage, scarring, or tumors. Previous studies promoted the regrowth of mouse livers by generating stem cells and progenitor cells that can become any type of cell for a specific organ via an invasive technique that often resulted in scarring and tumor growth. To overcome these harmful side effects, Edinburgh researchers built on their previous discovery of the partial cellular reprogramming ability of the leprosy-causing bacteria, Mycobacterium lepri. Scientists think this is because the bacteria reprogrammed the liver cells, returning them to the earlier stage of progenitor cells, which in turn became a new, basically new liver cells. Super, super cool. So what they're saying is we had an ability to regenerate liver cells. Now, obviously, 
to some extent, we have all we all are aware of this. You know, you that you can uh, donate a liver. Some of you may know that a liver is the only organ you can donate a part of. Somebody can chop off part of your liver, give it to somebody else, and both will grow into full size livers. You will grow back your liver. The part of your liver you gave to that other person will grow into a full size liver. Yeah, so I could really use one. So if any of our fans, like, listen, Bobby said, it's not even a thing. It doesn't permanently affect you, but I could really use a liver right now. So, by the way, I, I, you you said something horrifying earlier. Yeah. Uh, you said the parasites that are uh, part of leprosy. So aside from the bacteria, you also get like a parasitic infection no, as it's, well it's from it's a leprosy? bacteria. It's a bacteria. So what's going on here, which is super interesting, is that they had discovered before that the bacteria that causes leprosy can actually fuck with cells and in fucking with them cause them to go into more of like a progenitor cell. Now, that was just noticed as a side effect of leprosy infection. Separately, they were also working to try and regenerate liver cells by basically stimulate the liver with an invasive technique, which would work, but it could also cause scarring and tumor growth. Well, what they realized is they put two and two together and they're like, wait, that bacteria did the same thing, but it didn't cause a scarring or tumor growth. Let's give it a try. And they did. They basically created more liver tissue by using the leprosy bacteria's ability to switch these cells into progenitor cells inside the liver so that the liver could then grow back and heal itself even from things like hepatitis or liver disease, theoretically. that's That hasn't been proven yet, obviously. But this is really interesting because while you can regrow part of your liver when you are somebody who has serious liver disease or you need a liver transplant or something like that, uh, you aren't always capable of doing that. And so if you could find a way to get somebody's liver back to, you know, stem cell levels and regrow it, well, fuck, man, we might have just eliminated the need of one whole organ from the uh, lipstick on mirror black market. <laughs> but again, like, it's not like I'm going to come down with leprosy after this. This is no. this is just a liver procedure. I'm not all of a sudden, you know, uh, going to wake up to a horror movie on my uh, arm. Well, I mean, you could, uh, you know, because, again, we don't know how any of this would work. We're not even yet in, in long enough trials of, of animal models to know how this would work. We don't know if, you know, they're going to use an inactivated form of the bacteria, if they're just finding a chemical this bacteria is producing that they're able to do it, or if they just go, fuck it, give you leprosy, because now we have antibiotics, so it doesn't really matter. Give them leprosy, let his liver cure, then give him some antibiotics. Well, is, is leprosy just not even a thing anymore? They don't need, we don't need leper colonies? It's just... No, 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 they're just for fun now. Oh. Just for fun and and creating memorable characters in uh, Braveheart. To be honest, it's a long story, but it is a loophole in Hawaiian law that says you are allowed to have leprechaun colonies only if you also have <laughs> leper colonies. And nobody wants to give up the leprechaun colonies. <laughs> I'm picturing there's just a bunch of uh, 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 diminutive Irishmen taking advantage of the loopholes in this law. I live like a king here, I do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Just have to do a little jig every once in a while. Oh. Was that Russian too? God damn it. It was a little bit Russian. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you piece of shit. Fuck you. You're not supposed to start fucking with me till I call BS. This is, this is my safe space. 
Very, very cool. They We've also found, you know, we've talked before about the natural reservoir in the Americas for leprosy, which is armadillos. I used to think that was like where they came from. But I, I, in doing more research, I later found out that like, no, no, no. Because armadillos are from the new world. Leprosy's from the old world. It's just that some conquistador gave an armadillo leprosy like 500 years ago. It's just been passing through armadillo populations because it doesn't kill them. So they just pass it back and forth as an endemic infection. So they're not actually the original species that have it. But if you get leprosy pretty much nowadays, especially in the Americas, you are getting it in the wild from an armadillo. And it turns out when they looked at like armadillo livers and stuff, they saw constant uh, progenitor cell generation in their livers because they're endemically infected with leprosy. And so like even even in looking at armadillos, you can already see the liver superpowers that leprosy can bring. So do armadillos have a, I mean, do they not live long enough for their for the grotesqueness of the disease to... It doesn't affect them in that way. No, so it's okay. it's, it's not that type of thing. But yeah, they can drink like motherfuckers. Like, if you've, if you've ever gotten into a drinking contest with an armadillo, you will know two things. One, they can drink like crazy because their liver will, will never give out on them. And number two, get a little booze in armadillo and they are slutty as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was the armadillo frat and sorority like down the road, bro, man. First off, you ever want you ever needed to get laid and when you need a sure thing, you go down there, but don't ever get into a drinking competition with an armadillo, bro. Yes. <laughs> You're gonna lose that, homie. As the old saying goes. So anyway, very, very interesting, very, very cool news. I hope to see like the advancement of this and maybe who knows in 10 years, maybe we won't need liver transplants and we can just give you some liver leprosy. All right. Thank you audience for coming back for Science Faction 637, where you learned all about dating troubles in New Mexico and how leprosy might cure your cirrhosis. Thank you so much for joining us and come on back next week for Science Faction 638. Bro, I just went to the student health center. Yeah, I banged an armadillo chick last night. Yeah, I woke up this morning with the dick tatters. Have a seat, baby. Hello, Arizona State. Woo! You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right.